Koinonia, an association of people who share common beliefs and activities. This is Koinonia. This is Community. And now, your host, Tom Brown. All right, all right. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Thank you for tuning in to uh, another episode of Koinonia. Uh, this is Bobby Brewer filling in for Tom Brown today. Tom will be back all as well. So uh, I want to say thank you for Tom Brown for this invitation to fill in here on AM 1360 KPXQ. And I have in studio with us, with me today, Joel Cunningham and Hello. Matt Hay. Howdy. Welcome <laughs> to the show. And um, hey, we're going to spend some time today uh, talking about some upcoming television programming, some movies, and even Comic-Con. And uh, we kind of want to approach this uh, from the idea, you know, Jesus taught that we're to be in the world and yet not of the world. And uh, we want to be able to navigate that wisely. But lots going on in our culture. You know, sometimes I feel like we're watching stuff without even realizing what we're watching or why we're watching it. And if, if I think we're all probably more influenced by culture than yeah. what we realize. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, of course, uh, you know, producers and screenwriters are trying to make, you know, programming that people will watch. Yeah. You know, because uh, ultimately they need sponsors for it. And, yeah. you know, if it does well, they do well. <laughs> and so yeah. it's a really, you know, interesting dynamic uh, that we have. So today, uh, that is what we're going to be talking about. So you can give us a phone call at 602 274 1360. And um, I'm going to go ahead and just jump into it here. Uh, I think you know, the first question uh, I would like to ask you guys is, you know, let's talk about, uh, there's a show I've never watched, okay. uh, but I've heard a lot about it, and it is uh, Game of Thrones. Oh, it's a so big one to start with. I was yeah. wondering if you could, uh, <laughs> you know, fill us in, enlighten us to those of us who have never even seen an episode of it before. Yeah. What, what is, what's the premise well, behind it? What's the plot? Why is it so popular? It's got to be you, Joel. <laughs> it's got to be me. <laughs> uh, well, it, you know, basically the, it, it's, it started off as a book series um, by an author named George R. R. Martin and uh, kind of had a bit of a following uh, based on that book series um, that was really popular. A lot of people looked at it as like a successor to sort of Lord of the Rings kind of writing. Um, and, through that, basically created an HBO series um, with two showrunners, um, D.B. Weiss and I f- forget the other one's name at the moment, but um, they became sort of the go-to show for shock and awe is what I would say. Um, they incorporated a lot of just grotesque nudity and violence and over-the-top deaths, and one of the things that the show is absolutely amazingly famous for it. Well, two things. One is the nudity, but additionally, uh, the way it just manages to kill off characters that you learn to love and care about and get deeply attached to. And so um, what I can say about the show, about why it's so popular, is I think it does depend upon the audience. I think one person might like this aspect versus that aspect, but one thing that does seem to keep everybody coming back to it is that it is really, for the most part, a pretty well-written show. I mean, you can say this season was bad, that season was awful, this season was great. Um, but for the most part, it, it's engaging and it makes things suspenseful and interesting. And there's kind of things that some people put up with, like, I don't like this, I don't like that. But for the most part, you're like, I care about the story and this character. Um, but I would say very much it is, you know, NC-17, <laughs> okay. adults only, um, not the kind of show you want to show really uh, kids. So if you're a Christian and an adult, should you even be watching it? That's a very fair question. All right. We can give you some yeah. few seconds here to think on that one. Hey, we're also going to talk about Walking Dead. 
Pokemon Go, and uh, Comic Con. <laughs> so this is uh, Bobby Brewer. You're listening to Coinia here on AM 1360 KPXQ. Don't go away. We'll be right back after these messages. Hope you guys are doing well. Welcome to the month of August. It's August 1st today, so making our way through to summer, midsummer almost. And uh, today we are going to take some time to talk about culture, uh, specifically entertainment culture, uh, TV, movies, and uh, even some news out of Comic Con. But let's wrap up uh, this loose end with Game of Thrones. So it's a program I've never watched, uh, but of course, you know, if, unless you're living underneath a rock. You've probably heard about Game of Thrones, yeah, and well, so seen something about very it. Very popular and so forth. And you, you described it as being a show that's incredibly well written, suspenseful. Mm-hmm. Uh, they kill off main characters, which is you know, pretty non traditional. Yeah, right. absolutely. Uh, it, you know, so that's yeah. you know normally you would think, oh well, you know, I know the main character he'll be safe or she'll be safe, but right. not apparently not so mm-hmm. with Game of Thrones. Uh, you said it does have, uh, you know, you described it as being NC seventeen. Yeah, which uh, you know. The finest, no children, seventeen, right? Low, <laughs> which you're, you know, you're obviously eighteen or above. Yeah, and just so, turned thirty, about um, thirty-one almost. Um, but it does have a uh, quite a bit of nudity in it, yes. and so um, is it sensual nudity? Uh, very much so. Yes, okay. at times. Yeah. So you know, for me, uh, this would be a show I would say you need to skip. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion, you know, yeah. as a pastor and knowing what I know about the human nature of people. Uh, yet there are some people out there who uh, can see things like this and are not phased by it. For example, I can see an entire planet blow up on Star Trek. And, uh, I'm not phased by it. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not crying or mourning or yeah. anything. Yeah, uh, that's very true. And other people are like like my wife. She's distraught. You know, like an entire planet yeah. of people. Yeah. Well, yeah, science fiction, you know. But yeah. um, so let me uh, just real briefly talk about meat offered to idols. So, you know, Paul tells us uh, – He uses this phrase, and basically, here's what was happening. Um, Back in the first century, you know, in Corinth, one of the ways you would worship a pagan deity is you would bring meat to that idol. Now, of course, you and I all know that this deity cannot eat. Mm. And so what would happen to the food? Well, the priests and priestesses would receive the food, but there's no refrigeration back then. And so this food's ultimately going to spoil. Mm. And so at the end of the day, you would have the equivalent of a Dollar Tree sell on filet mignon. It's a pretty good deal. Okay. So if you uh, have to feed your family and you're a Christian, the question is, what do I do? Yeah. I can go to Dollar Tree, mm. uh, but there, it, what, this meat was offered to idols. And some people would say, you know what, uh, that stuff was offered to idols. It's demonized. You can't touch it. Yeah. And some people believe, as hard as it is for you and I to believe, they would actually be tempted to start worshiping the f- idols. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, it's hard for you and I to believe, but that's how they would really feel. Hey, just being those. And there were temple prostitutes. Yeah. 
So some people say, hey, look, I can't be around. Uh, I know so-and-so is going to be there. She's going to approach me. I can't do that again. Yeah. And there were some Christians like, look, I don't have a problem with prostitutes. That's not me. I'm a family man. I don't have a problem with idol worship. Mm-hmm. I need to feed my family. Yeah. And so this is why, you know, Paul uses this phrase, meat offered to idols. And so we do want to be careful uh, in what we put into our brains because mm-hmm. the Scriptures tell us, as a man thinketh, so is he. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yet we also want to be uh, aware of what's happening you know, within our culture and why certain shows are so popular yeah. and why some, uh, you know, bottom line is what would Jesus do? Yeah. Uh, you know, that's, I know, as cheesy as that sounds, that's one of the mm-hmm. kind of filters I have. Is And, you know, it's so hard in our culture, because unless you go to a Christian movie, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you're <laughs> at the mercy of the director and screenwriter <laughs> yeah. you know, as to what's in it. Uh, but I feel like there's some movies I know that I can go to. I'll, I'll put it to you this way. I can walk into a microbrewery, and I'm not, attempted, I'm not tempted to get drunk. Yeah. Now, there's some other guys who go into a microbrewery, man, it's just too hard for them. Yeah. Right. And so I think this the same is true with us, with entertainment, with culture and movies. We need, we need to be wise about what we allow into our brains. Absolutely. Right. So, yeah. so let me shift gears on you. Uh, another one is Walking Dead. So tell us about Walking Dead. What is it? Uh, now, here's a case where I've caught a few episodes. Okay. Right. Uh, and I've seen, you know, and it was pretty addicting. You know, it just worked mm-hmm. out with my schedule. You know, I couldn't commit to always Make watching. Happen, yeah. Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. So tell us, uh, right. Matt, about Walking Dead, what it is and why it's so popular. Yeah. No, The Walking Dead is a um, show. It's based off a graphic novel mm-hmm. series. Robert Kirkman. Robert Kirkman, yeah. yeah. And um, essentially, it's the end of the world. Zombie apocalypse status. That's what's happening. Right. <laughs> and um, it follows mainly a group of uh, survivors and their story and all the different trials and, and people they meet and all the things they have to overcome and all the challenges they have to make it through. That's that's really the whole thing. Okay. So what yeah. caused the apocalypse? Zombies or do we know or that's kind of, uh yeah. We kind of don't know at the yeah. moment. Um Yeah, that's that's up in the air yeah. at the okay. moment. Yeah, you know there's zombies, you just don't really necessarily know why they're there. I mean, you know that everybody right. kind of has this virus that's in them. There might be a government thing. They haven't really talked about it as of yet yeah. that I know of. Maybe in little the nods book. to it in, in the yeah. first season with the, um, what is it, the Center for uh, CDC? Yeah, the CDC but, Center, yeah. Yeah, yeah I saw uh, World War Z on a plane. I kind of <laughs> like the idea yeah. that a plot, you know, right. it's more of like a virus. Yeah. You know that caused people to function. Yeah, as if they were zombies. And and I would say the thing about Walking Dead is you're appealing. There's there's similarities in the sense that I mean it's it's on n- n- normal television. It's not on like a select cable subscription channel. So there's certain limits to what they can get away with on the show. So there's you know no overt nudity and there is graphic violence, but it's right. somewhat toned down a little bit. Generally, that's violence towards like a zombie, which is considered like a dead thing. Right. Um. But the show really, it hits on a, a vein of this idea of, I think, you know, when you take a person and you put them under the most extremist of conditions, how are they going to respond to that? You know, are they going to fall by the wayside? Are they going to rise above it? Are they going to become this, like, you know, immoral version of themselves where they just whatever justifies the means kind of a thing? And so there's a lot of interesting parallels into, I think, just the human psyche that you could of it. And it's just a lot of violence and entertainment in that regard, too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, you know, speaking of uh, Walking Dead, what are some of the upcoming uh, TV series this fall that are supposed to be the big hits or that people are going to be interested in the most? 
Um, Besides The Bachelor. Right, right. <laughs> that's a must-see right uh, there. Must-see TV. <laughs> right. um, yeah, The Walking Dead, uh, that's going to be a big one for a lot of people because yeah. of the way they left the last season. Huge cliffhanger. All right, yeah. so tell us about the cliffhanger for those well, of us. We don't want to spoil it too much. We're going to get yeah. into spoiler territory. Well, that's there. all right. That's what we're all Maybe about. Earmuffs hey, or something. All right, guys, get ready if you're listening <laughs> spoiler so territory. So those of you who watch Walking Dead do not want to know. Yeah. So, yeah. we'll, we'll to you know the now. five minutes from now. <laughs> right. So. so what happens is the main group of people actually um, who've been trying to uh, evade some people in the last couple episodes get captured and um, we find out that this this bad guy introduced Negan mm. ends up uh, essentially killing one of them but we don't know who yeah. at that point in time with with a baseball bat it's pretty intense pretty brutal, but, yeah um, so if you were wanting to get into Walking Dead this, don't start this season. Don't no. start this season. <laughs> no, you definitely one of the shows you need to start from the very beginning. I actually encourage most people to start from any show from the beginning because yeah. it gives you the full scope of character arcs and development and stuff like that. But, Absolutely. Yeah. Unless it's like Lost because then you can just jump in. You're going to be lost no matter where you <laughs> go. Sure. I love that show, man. That's like one of my favorites. Yeah. So. yeah. Oh, Lost is good. Um, there are some other ones. I know um, there's a show that's been super popular. I actually haven't had a chance to watch it called Mr. Robot that's on USA. Yep. A lot of people have said very good things about it. I haven't watched it. I know they just started their second season. Um, and then also, I don't know if you guys knew about this, they're restarting MacGyver. What? Yeah. Right. I did not know that. I just saw that they were going to be restarting that. I, I read about it. It's on ABC. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The guy who is in uh, X-Men yep. Apocalypse, yep. Havoc, he plays Havoc. Corey Scott Allen. Yes. He is in it. He's supposed to be MacGyver. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or, well. yeah, some of the effect. Also, um, for some of the throwback people, and it's not considered, they're, they're throwing it into the fall preview category but you have the return of 24 yeah uh, yep. as far as for right now minus minus jack bauer minus Kiefer sutherland um yeah, and the first season was amazing yeah also prison break is coming back right. if you're into that um Kiefer is in a new fox show uh designated survivor um which kind of feels like 24 the way that they're promoting <laughs> it i was like this feels like jack bauer was the president of the united states they're probably so. doing that on purpose to try to you know break in some additional like publicity right. from the, that that connotation yeah it's got that vibe those are yeah. the biggest ones yeah i heard mr robot too mr robot and then um lethal weapon the television show right I looked up as well which is just crazy to me but that's going to be on fox that's damon waynes as Murtaugh, and then clean crawford as riggs and then uh the female lead is georgiana brewster okay yeah. Well, yeah. if you like DC, it's going to be a good season for you because the CW channel has the Arrow, yes, Flash, yes. and now Supergirl as well. Of course, mm-hmm. there's this other show they have called Legends of Tomorrow, which has uh, you know a few other characters mm-hmm. thrown in for good measure as well, like you know Hawkman and Hawk Girl. Uh, Captain Cold and hmm. so forth. So it's kind of, uh, <laughs> man, it's a good time. If you like comics, it's, yeah, a, they're it's all a good over. time for, I think, like every night of the week. What yeah. a time to be alive. Good time to be alive. <laughs> so. Yeah. Gotham's starting up as well. That's right. So, so yeah, Gotham's yeah. on. So it's quite a few you know, yeah. shows like that. So, hey, speaking of comics, so Joel, you went to Comic-Con yeah. in San Diego, which is the Comic-Con. Yep, the International San Diego Comic-Con. Convention. So give us a few highlights um, a few of a good, a few good highlights. I'd say the one that was probably the most personally impactful, which was awesome, is I got a chance to meet Joss Whedon, um, which was really cool. He's, no way. How'd yeah. you actually meet him? 
Um, it was a very random series of events. I'm, it's not like I'm like you know in some select group or something. It was literally we were um, waiting in line to get into one of the panels for the day. So tell our listeners, by the um, way, who he is. For uh, Josh Whedon is the director of a ton of really. He's kind of like the geeks director. He directed Avengers One, Avengers Two. Um, he also did Firefly and um, Buffy. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He, he's been involved in a ton of huge projects, and he kind of started with Buffy and got a lot of notoriety there, and then grew and grew and grew in popularity, especially with like Firefly and everything. Now, Firefly. Um, it was only on for like one season, though, right? Yeah, it was so unrightfully canceled. Yeah. <laughs> unrightfully, canceled. Okay. there's there's a lot of people that are still really hoping for a remake or a, yeah. not a remake, but a restart. But I I just think at this point that's not going to happen. Yeah, right. But you never know. Um, but so we were, you know, just basically taking a break from the line. Um, one of the things that you'll discover in going to Comic Con is that the lines are international in flavor; that they last for hours, <laughs> and so you have to sort of take rotations a lot of times with friends that you meet there and. We were just going into one of the hotels to sort of use the restroom when we saw him just kind of hanging out by one of the bars and walked over, said hi, and said, hey, can we take a photo with you? And he's like, sure, and just, you know, chatted for a little while about a That's few right. things. That's right. I saw yeah. that photo online. Yeah. That's good. That's yeah. awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah, I didn't think I looked great in it, though. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like for you, uh, after we come back from this break, I'd like for you to give us uh, maybe some previews from Comic-Con, sure. you know, some late breaking news, if you will. Sounds good. And if you want to call in with a question, feel free to do so. It's 602-274-1360. This is Bobby Brewer along with Matt Hay and Joel Cunningham. You're listening to Quinea here on AM 1360 KPXQ. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Koinia here on AM 1360 KPXQ. This is Bobby Brewer filling in for Tom Brown. I want to thank you for joining us today. And if you want, you can call in with a question. The number is 602-274-1360. Before we went on break, uh, we were talking about comics. And uh, so, Joel, give us just like three like late-breaking news items from <laughs> Comic-Con. Um, I think that's really hard to say. There wasn't a huge of like bombshell kind of revelations that came out of this year's Comic-Con. Um, there was some really cool stuff that happened. Um, I think you could say that probably the biggest, as far as like bombshell type stuff, happened during the Saturday's Hall H, where they premiered a bunch of new trailers for a lot of the upcoming films. Um, specifically, two really great ones were uh, Justice League and the Wonder Woman right. trailers, which um, if you guys haven't had a chance to check those out. Spectacular. Yeah. Spectacular. Definitely looking pretty awesome with those. So, and then they did some pretty cool stuff with, uh, I think they premiered also the new Harry Potter trailer, which uh, looks pretty awesome as well. And the, I forget the name of the, the lead guy, but they actually- Eddie, Eddie Redmayne. Eddie Redmayne, yeah. He got out um, on the panel and actually went down and handed out wands to a bunch of people in the audience, which was pretty stinking awesome. <laughs> that is so, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, Matt, tell us a little bit about the, uh, you know, the CW, they've got, you know, the Flash, the Arrow, and Supergirl now as well, which was on CBS. But tell us a little bit of the the background of those shows, uh, what the seasons have been like, and what seems to be 
you know, the future for as far as the fall goes for those characters. Right. Um, okay, so the CW uh, started all off with Arrow, and that really was the launching point for this, the CW DC universe, TV universe. Mm-hmm. And um, they later on brought the Flash. So the Arrow, for those of you who don't know, and I wouldn't expect many of you to, but the Arrow is based off a DC character called the Green Arrow, mm-hmm. Which was basically, it's kind of like a Bruce Wayne character. He was a, like a billionaire who got stranded on an island. And while right. he's on this yeah. island, he learns these archery skills. And then he has these other connections with like, you know, special forces training. So mm. when he returns, uh, you know, when he gets rescued, if you will, he chooses to use those skills to fight crime. But he's right. just a regular guy with no powers. Right. As right. one would. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. No powers and just kind of doing his thing Bruce Wayne style. Right. Um, and then they brought in The Flash. Um, afterwards, they brought in this other show called Legends of Tomorrow, which is kind of like all these other auxiliary characters up until this point all got together in this one. I actually don't watch that one, um, but will and should. Um, <laughs> and then they just, just recently got Supergirl is over at CBS, and they acquired it. And um, the guy who, who kind of coordinates this whole thing, his name is Greg Berlanti, and I think it's really cool what they've been able to do as far as all the a crossover episodes those they're really becoming these event style tv episodes where they have the flash and the arrow and yep. you know all these people together and now they'll be able to do with legends of tomorrow and yeah. supergirl and yep. yeah. everybody will be yeah, able so to there was it. a crossover which i was kind of wondering how that worked out but there was a crossover where flash appeared on supergirl which was cbs I was like huh, i wonder how I didn't know you could do that in between networks. Right. And, I think uh, I think it's a, a rights of the characters type okay. thing. I think it falls yeah. within So that. like my wife, you know, she likes Supergirl because it's got some romance in it. And Flash, same thing. Although yeah. the way the last season ended, I don't know if Flash will have much romance in his life anymore. <laughs> don't spoil well, anything. Well, yeah, I won't spoil anything. Yeah. But yeah, he basically got the girl of his dreams he'd been wanting. And then he kind of chose to uh, walk away or should I say... Uh, flash away uh, <laughs> high velocity speed uh, from her. But anyways, uh, why do you feel like those shows are doing pretty well? I think they're doing well. In, in my mind, I feel like um, Arrow started out very strongly. And uh, it, it's kind of, yeah, it does have those darker undertones. And I feel like that appeals to a lot, especially with coming off the heels of the whole Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy. I feel like that's got a lot of that going for it. And it was just using that momentum to kind of propel itself forward. Um, uh, more recent seasons have gotten a little bit off of that, but I think I think from some comments that they've made, they're going to go back to that vibe this upcoming season. The Flash is really fun. That's actually my favorite show on there right now, just because it's super fun. See, that's that's exactly the way I would describe it. It uh, reminds me of reading comics when I was a kid. It has adventure in it. It's right. fun and it's clean. Yeah, you yeah. know. So I will tell you, you know, if uh, you know if you're looking for just like a good clean show. To watch. I mean, I don't even think they use profanity. I mean, maybe they, I'm sure. They, yeah, they do actually, but it's very, very limited. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you right. won't be hearing, you know, like profane, profane. Yeah. You know, right. But every once in a while, you know, it seems to be like kind of natural when it does happen. So it'll be interesting it, to see. Yeah. Yeah. So those, those are like Flash, for example, and Supergirl. So just some good, clean shows. You no, know, yeah. Arrow's a little darker. You're going to see a lot more people getting mm-hmm. killed. You know, in Arrow. And I'm wondering, too, because if you look at the history of Arrow, and we don't have to go too far into it, but they dealt with a lot of, you know, social issues and things like that in sort of the 1980s run of the comic. Mm -hmm. Green Arrow and Green Lantern talked about racial issues. They even won, like, awards back then. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see if they eventually start taking things more in that direction of the show. Could be. Now, what was the other show that's coming out that's, uh, like, with the CW or it's a... 
Stranger Things or oh okay oh, yeah. Stranger Things it's a Netflix original okay gotta watch that yes <laughs> tell I, us about Stranger Things oh, man what? I just watched a show last week and it's only eight episodes for its first season and I I love it yeah I, I cannot believe I have to wait a whole year to get another season but um, yeah it's it's kind of this mashup of 80s Steven Spielberg mm. uh, Stephen King yeah as well. And so it's got that creepy vibe, but it's also like follows a group of kids around. It's, yeah. It makes you think kind of like Goosebumps. Then, like uh, the comparison I used like was ET almost. Yeah, it's um, like, that would be a good way. Yeah, ET or like I said, like Super Eight meets X Files, kind of. Right. But it's Goonies, got an adult cast you know, too. So it's yeah, it's very much '80s, and it takes place in the '80s. It doesn't feel like it's like an '80s show. Right. You, you feel like okay, this is an '80s show. Oh, that's yeah. that's it's really great. And the retro style, just even on the opening credits, is just one of my favorite things. Just the feel with the look, and yeah, just it's a great show. It's one that has a bit of everything too. It's right. got action, it's got suspense, it's got There's romance, a thriller and, element to yeah. it. It's got comedy. There's a couple yeah. of characters in there. You just whenever they talk, you just laugh. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so it's definitely. I will say it is uh, a bit scary. There's definitely a bit of violence, so it's maybe not for younger kids. You'd probably want to be at least a teen to, yeah. to really right, take in right. that one. Okay. Now, the one phenomenon that's sweeping America by storm <laughs> is Pokemon Go. <laughs> Pokemon Go. Uh, so, man, f- f- help me out, man. It's like I remember only thing I ever knew Pokemon Go from or Pokemon from was uh, the Cartoon Network days. Okay. So I didn't even know it was on Game Boy before that until right. you guys schooled me on that. So fill <laughs> us in on, po- what, yeah. I mean, what is it and then why now? Why all of a sudden mm. now in 2016 out of the blue? Yeah. You know, what prompted it? What, what was the catalyst behind this? You want to synopsis, synopsisize, yeah. whatever the word is well, for that? <laughs> I, I can give the brief history and then you can talk about, I guess, where things are at right now. Um, basically, Pokemon was a, a hugely popular show. It started as a video game, which eventually became a cartoon, which also then turned into a trading card game and became very popular with, I would say, our generation. Sort of the so generation. Tell, tell me about the game, man. I don't, I don't even know how to play it. Like, um, I know you got to catch them all, whatever that means. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I know it, parents it, always the hate The simple that, premise so. is that there's these creatures that are called Pokemon. They're kind of, some people say maybe they're aliens. You don't really know where they come from necessarily. Japanese, right? They're, yeah, Japanese. They're inspired by real names and creatures and things that are in our world you know what i mean so there's like a lot of them that look like birds that are kind of named after birds and um, things like that and basically the story of the show and the video game was you're this character or there's a character that's trying to go out there and basically catch all the pokemon you capture these little balls and then become basically the master trainer of pokemon which you you train them and you fight with them you battle there's no blood or anything but you get better and stronger pokemon and you battle each other so it's like a leveling thing as well as a capturing thing so you've got a lot of meat to kind of buy into there right right yeah that's that's perfect <laughs> oh well thank you well and i would say that the game is so popular for a lot of reasons, um, either it's a very simplistic game, which I think aids a lot there. It's very easy to just kind of jump into and start collecting Pokemon. Um, and it was created by this software company that had a prior game that was really a, that designed around the idea of doing like community-based. You know, you're taking over different blocks and areas and things like that. And so they built a lot of those ideas into this Pokemon Go game. AR, right? AR, yeah. And so you're... The idea with Pokemon is you're capturing Pokemon that are kind of out and about, and so there's stories of people literally just... Hey, what, what do you mean? I mean, they're out and about. Where? Where do I find these? In the real oh, world, In the Bobby. real world, man. They're, they're, they're right, they could they're, be right behind you right now. You might not even know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, how would I know where well, one is? Well, you have to go through the game. That's the okay. one thing right now is that you have to so play you have to sign up. You have to register. Right. Or, right. And so what it is is it's kind of a map of the real world, and then there's randomly generated Pokemon in, in this real world. So it's like Google Maps. Okay. You sure they're random? 
them, or are there some mastermind? There is a. I mean, people have literally broken into the, the code. Antichrist behind this. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's a randomization thing. It's they have it coded for certain Pokemon to appear at certain times based upon certain random intervals and meeting certain factors and things like that. But well, how do they keep it, showing up at churches? How's that happening? Well, there's They're everywhere. Be, prior to the game starting, gotta they, catch them all. <laughs> <laughs> they already had a game in place where basically they'd created certain check-in points for this version of the game, and so they kind of transfer that into Pokemon. And what is it kind of like geocache kind of yeah. or no? kind of like that okay yeah and so you can check in in certain spots around the real world environment and get like items that you need in order to capture more pokemon or battle with them and then items like what um pokeballs potions okay we're talking something that's digital yes right yes okay so if i go to an address where a pokemon's supposed to be there's not going to really be <laughs> anything there Yes, no, they're they're not really there. And but, why, but why are people like a, walking to these? Well, so sites? in order to walk, it, you have to find them. So they're kind of like hidden. They don't show up on the map. You, you don't just play them. it. You don't just play it sitting in your living room. Right. It's not like a traditional right. council. You have okay. to go outside and walk okay. around. Yeah. All right. Well, that's kind of good. I mean, it look, is, I'm yeah. just a middle-aged that's dude that watches Sports Center. Man, this is like <laughs> too complicated. Well, it's pretty uh, crazy to see. I mean, I know I had a friend that came visit for a wedding, and just out of like novelty, we downloaded the app the first time, and we were at Desert Ridge watching watching a movie. And we downloaded it, and we both opened it up, and it was immediately like, wow, this is pretty cool. And literally, we saw everyone around us is walking around. We were at Desert Ridge Mall, just like 30, 40, 50 at least people just walking around, their their phone out. They're all playing Pokemon. They're asking, oh, did you catch that? Oh, did you catch that? And they're battling <laughs> each other. It's just this community thing. And so in that sense, it's, it is pretty cool. You know, so do we know, I mean, why now? I mean, like uh, I haven't heard about Pokemon since like maybe, what, 99 or 2000? I can't remember. It's been a while. Right. It's They've been around for 20 years. They're still making new television episodes. Okay. I, I think... Um, There's been a major resurgence in their popularity. Right. They, <laughs> it's just recently hit their 20-year anniversary. I don't know if I had anything to do with that in particular but mm. um it, i think it's just a universal thing and it's there's the nostalgia factor for uh for me when i was a kid to now my kids that i play with and they're all into it whenever whenever we do that and yeah the story that i heard um, on the basis of creating it was literally i don't know if you remember this a couple of years ago google actually did this really kind of funny april fool's joke which was that they added pokemon into google maps and they created this fake video where everybody could literally go oh, and catch Pokemon right. in Google Maps. And everybody was having so much fun with that. Um, this company, Niantic, saw that, and they thought, that's kind of a cool idea. And so what we're going to do is we're going to go approach Nintendo, and they did. And Nintendo's like, sure, let's that's do right. it. So who's getting rich off all this? Uh, Niantic. Okay. A little bit Nintendo. All right, well, hey, we're going to shift gears and talk about movies uh, when we come back. Uh, but right now it's time to take a break. This is Bobby Brewer filling in for Tom Brown. You're listening to Quinn Neo here on AM 1360 KPXQ. Don't go away. We'll be right back after these messages. Hey guys, welcome back to Coin and Nia here on AM 1360 KPXQ. This is Bobby Brewer filling in for Tom Brown. And I uh, want to thank you for 
checking out the show today. And hey, before I forget, if you're around on Sundays, a uh, couple of things. One, um, Freak Show Radio. So I co-host a show with Mario D'Artenzio. It's called Freak Show Radio. It comes on at 3 o'clock right here on AM 1360 KPXQ. And if you're new to the Valley, uh, Northeast Valley, and haven't found a church yet, I'm the lead pastor for church called North Chapel in Fountain Hills. We meet at 930. Uh, would love to have you come on by sometime. And uh, in studio today, we have Joel Cunningham and Matt Hay. Now, Matt actually has a, is it a Facebook page that's devoted to re- movie reviews? Right. Facebook page, Twitter, all that fun stuff. Um, the real <laughs> review. The real review. R-E-E-L. Get uh, that? Get that it? Fake get stuff. it? Yeah, get it. <laughs> yeah, so R-E-E-L yeah. review right. on Facebook yes. and so forth. Social yeah, you media. can just look up Matt Hay, The Real Review. It'll pop up on there somewhere. I just subscribe. So yeah. I would encourage you to check it out. I mean, out, uh, yeah. Matt does a pretty good job. I mean, he's uh, one of the worship leaders at uh, Hillsong Phoenix, solid guy. And so if you know you want to... You know, you're kind of curious about a movie, or you're you know second guessing yourself whether it's one to take your first date to, or your family to. You might want to check it out. Maybe uh, Matt's done a review on it. Or if you've uh, seen a movie and want to, you know, give your own little review, uh, please right comments. Check welcome. it out. So um, I gave you a review on Star Trek, and so <laughs> I liked it. Uh, here's why. Uh, again, for me, it's a movie I could take my wife to. I'm not. It was just a good, clean, what I call summer movie. Right. Uh, yeah. What I mean is it's got enough action in it. Uh, I don't have to overthink what's happening. Oh, yeah, it's not deep or anything. It's not like that, that deep. I mean, no. if you just, I mean, it's hot as, you know, I'll get out here in Phoenix. And <laughs> if you just want to chill and see, like, you know, a so called summer blockbuster, that's, I feel like you'll get your money's worth out yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, uh, if you like Star Trek, uh, I think you'll appreciate a lot of the nods to the past. That it provided, and I have to say the one thing. Uh, here's a spoiler alert, but I was really surprised, pleasantly surprised, I might add, that the Beastie Boys were woven into the movie. <laughs> right. That's not yeah. a spoiler. That was yeah. in the trailer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and that was actually a bit of a controversy. I don't know if if you're following sort of the the advertising for this movie. When that trailer originally came out, there's a lot of people that were like, "Oh, this movie's going to be horrible. It's going to be awful." It's directed by uh, Justin Lin, who did The Fast Five and Fast and Furious. Yeah, last Fast and Furious. Yeah. Right, and so there was a lot of people that were very concerned, actually, from the usage of the Beastie yeah. Boys song and the way the trailer was cut. And so, yeah, I didn't know how they were going to make that work, but it ended yeah. up working out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Anyways, it was a stretch, but hey. Yeah. It's like, oh, wow, well, Beastie Boys you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. in the future. You know, Maybe they could cla- be in such Considered classical that music. That was a funny line, yeah. There's, there is one part exactly. yeah, where he says, oh, you're playing classical music, right? right. And then Beastie Boys <laughs> are playing. It's pretty good. Yeah, and then I saw Tarzan, uh, which I ended up, I like Tarzan. Um, okay. Is it know, Tarzan or tar- Tarzan? Tarzan, <laughs> actually. So, you know, it's a little bit of a different twist on it, uh, kind of fighting, you know, slave trade mm. some, or slave labor, if you will. Yeah. but. You know, um, again, I'll, I'll give this to you from Kristen's perspective. You know, she likes animals. You know, we're, she likes the animal kingdom. And so yeah. some of the special effects, you know, with mm. the, you know, you know, tigers and <laughs> rhino, you know, whatever. I yeah. can't even remember what, what all was in it now. But, you know, again, it was just kind of one of those summer movies if you mm. just kind of want to chill out. and. So the effects were not good? Is that what you're saying? Uh, they were good. Okay, yeah. they were good. Yeah, the special effects were pretty good for the, uh, especially with the animal. Was scenes. it like Jungle Book? Good. Um, I'm not sure if I would go there. Or? It was definitely realistic, okay. you know, overall. You know, so the plot was realistic, and you know, it's a little bit on the political side, but okay. it wasn't overt. 
yeah. politically. You know, so again, you got to keep in mind it was a uh, trying to fight slave labor, if you gotcha, will. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah, so he's kind of like a uh, rescuer. Huh. You know, uh, to go Tarzan. Yeah, yeah I didn't exactly. know. Exactly. Go so deep with it. So, <laughs> what about? Uh, so, I'm still hearing people say that Ghostbusters was considered a sexist movie. Uh, so, what, what's the skinny on that? What's the story? Um, as far as I know, the film turned out better than what the trailers were perceiving it to be. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, um, sure. but uh, yeah, it's getting. Uh, medium to above, like medium reviews, as far as I can tell. I haven't heard that aspect of it. I don't know. If yeah, you, if you know. I so and I think we actually talked about this a little bit. I, I did see it. Um, it wasn't a bad movie per se. It definitely wasn't anywhere near as bad. I think is what they were portraying uh, with the trailers. Um, but it, the problem was is they based the trailers on trying to make them both action packed and funny. And the movie, to me, was not really at all funny. It okay. didn't come across as being a very funny movie. It seemed more of a character-oriented film that was trying to show, like, the progressions of these characters into this world of the ghosts and everything like that. And the trailer didn't really do that. You didn't really connect with anybody all that well. They tried to make it just kind of silly and funny. And then the action sequences, which really took place in the final third of the movie, um, is really where things get just conjuddled and everything's thrown around and it just kind of falls apart. So they set up some stuff and then it just kind of goes blah and... So I wouldn't say it, it definitely wasn't the worst film I've ever seen. A lot of the jokes failed to land, um, and that might have just been... Really? There's a lot of funny people in there, too. I know, and that's the kind of frustrating thing. You know, I, I love most of Kristen Wiig stuff and mm-hmm. um, Melissa McCarthy. McCarthy. I think that she's hilarious. And even the director who's done Bridesmaids, and he's done some really funny stuff in the past. It just It really felt like, um, I don't know, maybe they weren't firing on all cylinders and something in regard to that. And I think... You know, just to mention quickly in, in regards to the sexist aspects of it, I, there was this kind of war that brew between kind of both sides. It seemed like there was people that were saying that, oh, how dare you make this? Or not how dare you, but, you know, this is a movie of about five, four guys. Why wouldn't you just stick it with four guys? And then there was uh, women that were or maybe even just, you know, feminist side of it saying, hey, this should be whoever we want it to be. It can be girls, it can be guys, it doesn't matter. And it just seemed like a lot of that got really blown out of proportion and people started doing a lot of silly things. Even the director um, had said a lot of comments on Twitter just attacking sexists and all this stuff and basically saying that anybody... Pretty much it came out... It felt like a lot of the times people were just saying that if you supported the movie, you were feminist, and if you didn't support the movie, then you were sexist. And it, it just created... And this, that's kind of our culture right now. Yeah, everything's this, politicized. Everything's politicized. There's this whole extreme, and it was like, you can just be somebody that looks at it as just a form of entertainment. Right, right. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah. So, right. yeah. So let me ask the two of you, what's been the best movie of the summer so far and why? Wow. Captain America Civil War for me. Wow. And how come? It was so fun. It was, it was, I, I would have given it a perfect score, except I didn't like the way it ended. Mm. Um, but yeah, they, they did some stuff. Um, I think up until this point, uh, my favorite Marvel movie at that point was, was Winter Soldier and um, the, the previous Captain America movie. And I think with this one, they they expounded upon that. Um, they had the same writing directorial team, you know, for this new one. They they put a ton of characters in there, and they still made you care and feel like it was a Captain America movie, at least in my perspective. And um, they they made me excited to see another Spider Man movie. I think that's one of the biggest things. For, so, what was the plot for. of this one? Um, okay, so the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe with all the you know. Marvel comic book characters kind of been building up towards this point where um, 
it's it's almost got the the x-men like mutant registration acts kind of feel to it like they want you to the government wants the avengers essentially to uh register go to this this uh document signing that's going to allow them to work with the government but be sanctioned by the government instead of have their own like autonomy to to make choices on where to go because of loss of life i mean they make you feel that in the movie they do a great job writing it but it, it really goes back and forth um on that issue and two opposing sides, hence the civil war they're fighting each other over. Hey, you know, let's just sign it, and the other team's like, "Hey, gotcha. you know, we're on our own to do this thing." So, yeah. so that's kind of the same thing that's happening with Justice League in DC. So, right, people want to know: Is Superman, for example, is he still for the American way? Yeah, you know, uh, you know truth, justice, and the American way. And uh, <laughs> so, it's kind of interesting. You know, there's one group that's saying. Uh, you know, with the Justice League saying, "Hey, uh, like Green Lanterns, like he's a part of a intergalactic peacekeeping force." Is his lo- where's his loyalties? Yeah, really lie. You know, although he was a, you know, test pilot for the United States Air Force. So there's like all these like, you know, tensions there. You know, it's like, hey, where do their loyalties really lie? But there's one group that's been formed called now the Justice League of America, where mm. they are devoted to, well, we're going to use our forces and abilities truth justice the american or truth way. justice in american way yeah so what about you joel what's been the best movie of the summer so far and why um that's a tough one i'd say you know as far as you know mainstream <clears throat> big blockbuster type films um probably finding dory surprisingly enough that is surprising yeah i um <laughs> i wasn't expecting it i would say either that or maybe x-men apocalypse um which you know, there's a lot of people that actually X-Men thought that that wasn't such a great film. I thought it was really good. I thought one of my main problems with X-Men is there wasn't enough of it. I almost felt like it should have been two films um, because it was almost like they set up all this really big stuff and this dramatic tension. And then it was like they resolved it within the last like 10, 15 minutes. And it was like, dude, this guy's, you know, he's doing things that affect the entire world and you're going to resolve it in 10 minutes. So um, that was that was a surprise good film for me and i really enjoyed it and then the other one was finding dory i thought they did a really good job expanding the story and creating once again sort of that heartfelt connector um with the audience and it's a hard thing to do especially with a sequel because we kind of already know the characters you've seen them portrayed you kind of know all about them so it's really hard to once again feel like you're really connecting with a character you've already done that with um and then additionally had funny jokes they had new stuff and i felt like they really expanded the story in the right direction they didn't try and get too big with it but they also didn't just kind of keep it in this same vein, you know, which you can do in sequels is just, yeah. you know, Hangover 1, Hangover 4. And yeah. <laughs> are there any movies that have come out so far that you've seen or, or that you are aware of that you feel are Oscar worthy? We're at the halfway point um, here in There's one actually coming up um, that's called The Founder and – Oh, yeah. I'm actually really Michael interested. Keaton, yeah, right. Michael Keaton, and it talks about, I believe, um, the beginnings of McDonald's. Yeah. And yeah, I saw an ad for that. Yeah, and it looked really interesting to me, and I think that could potentially be an Oscar contender. And I know there's another film out there right now that. Sorry, did you want to say? Something? No, I was gonna say it. It seems like Keaton is is on this track to try and get himself yeah. an Oscar. He's been nominated in like the last two years i think yeah. straight yeah uh, for for movies birdman and um spotlight right absolutely so. yeah and i know they said they're gonna do a beetlejuice too i don't know about so, that well yeah we'll see i don't know if that's gonna be <laughs> i don't think that would be either way oscar worthy but yeah. hopefully he can get that oscar maybe before that one comes out um but it, well interestingly enough too a lot of times when somebody does an oscar winning film 
they'll do a horrible film that year and then an amazing film. So maybe that'll be that year. Right. Yeah, no. <laughs> All right. Well, very good. So, uh, hey, when we come back, we're going to ask Matt Hay how he ended up on The Price is Right. Oh, yeah. And so, but right now, we're going to take a break. <laughs> this is Bobby Brewer filling in for Tom Brown on Koinia. You're listening to AM 1360 KPXQ. Don't go away. We'll be right back after these messages. Hey guys, thank you so much for hanging out with us today here on Koinia on AM 1360 KPXQ. Don't forget if you're uh, tuned in somewhere on Sunday or now, you can actually listen to the show from your phone by using the KPXQ app and our online at faithtalk1360.com. But um, my friend Mario D'Artens and I, we co-host a show called Freak Show Radio. It comes on Sundays at 3. And if you're in the Northeast Valley, haven't yet found a church, I want to encourage you to check out North Chapel in Fountain Hills. That's uh, where I pastor at. would love to have you join us. Well, hey, before we wrap things up, Matt Hay was on The Price is Right. Matt, tell us about that experience, and how does one even get on Price is Right in the first place? We only have like two minutes. So. Oh, man. Man, this is like a 45-minute story. Okay, right. two-minute version. Here we go. Um, went online. You can get tickets for free online. Sold. And okay. uh, you get them like a month or two in advance, so it's not like you just do it for like the next day. Yeah. Um, you get these tickets, um, you, you persuade a friend to go with you who isn't as entirely on board as you are. <laughs> and, but he just goes because he's your friend and that's, that's what happens. Very What's specific scenario. What's up, Mike Jasper. And, um, so we, uh, we drove, <laughs> we left at midnight, drove to LA to the, the, that day the shooting was got there like seven, uh, got in line at 7.30, um, delirious, kind of wired on <laughs> on coffee and whatnot. Uh, stood in line for three hours. And um, and through Comic-Con this Lincoln. through this experience, through my experience, um, I, I decided to be outlandishly um, maybe annoying in line, uh, a very, very big personality. <laughs> And um, through waiting three hours and just towards the end of the show, they said, hey, Matthew, hey, come on down. And it was, it was crazy. Hey-o. And he won a car. I won a, a car. new yeah. car. Right. Hey, guys, thanks for hanging out with us today. So uh, once again, you've been listening to Koine here on AM 1360 KPXQ. Hope you'll tune in on Sunday at 3 for Freak Show. Peace. In the hey. middle. East. Yeah. Bye. Out. Out.